It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Happy Thursday. Zach Blackerby here with you. Intern Jaws filling in for Pappas. How you doing, bud? Doing all right. How are you doing? Doing well. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right, so we got a lot of Seth Williams audio to get to, as well as some info on uh, Auburn's uh, assistant coach, Al Pogue. And also we lost a punter to the transfer portal. All right, so Seth Williams speaking to the media yesterday. First off, intern Jaws. I love him. I love him too. Yeah, he's easy to love. So we've heard pretty much everyone describe this new Auburn offense as explosive. I mean, the the skill guys we've talked to, the offensive linemen we've talked to, Bo Nix that we've talked to, and even the defensive guys, they've all used the word explosive. And it's not like they're using other adjectives to describe it. They're all using the same exact one. So I kind of wonder if they're using that in practice. Um, to say, hey, we've got to be more explosive. We've got to be more explosive and kind of driving the point home. But anyway, Seth, um, Seth, uh, he, he, he said the same thing yesterday. Uh, I feel like um, this year you're going to feel uh, see an explosive offense. Um, like nothing is ruled out. We're going to both pass and throw the ball. So just look for an explosive offense this year. Yeah. So, I mean, just more of the same, more of the same as far as explos- uh, explosive offense in 2020. You think they're going to measure that in a certain way? We've talked about Malzahn uh, measuring chunk plays in the past, especially in 2013 when Trey Mason was ripping off runs. He talked about chunk plays. Right. Um, I- I'm curious to see if they're kind of focusing on the, you know those those 20 yard plays to kind of uh, get the ball down the field. I think so, and I think you can uh, with Bo Nix this year, uh, second year as a starter, and I think with these receivers, I think he really can stretch the field. So I would look to see Auburn and Chad Morris kind of stretch the field and get those 20, 30-yard plays more often. Yeah, so I mean, to do that consistently, you've got to assume they're focusing on the passing game a little bit more, right? I mean, obviously you can do that on the ground, but if you're going into it focusing on being explosive, it's probably going to be through the passing game, or at least it's going to be more of an emphasis there. Right, right. Is Chad Morris calling the plays this year? He is. He is. Okay, so I would assume then that Auburn would kind of shift towards the pass because we've kind of seen Auburn stray away from the running game, especially since, I would say, 2016, uh, simply because they either haven't had the talent or they haven't had the offensive line or just the, the play calls have just not been there. So I would assume Auburn would shift to more of a pass-focused yeah, offense. Yeah, no, I, think, I think Auburn fans want that. That's not really a Malzahn thing, though. It's not really a Malzahn thing. All right, Pappas, uh, you are joining us now. Great. Good good to hear from you. All right, so uh, Williams was also asked about Marco Domio. Ferguson said Domio. When Tom Green of AL.com asked a question yesterday, he said Domio. So um, that, that's still up in the air uh, as far as figuring that out. But... Uh, he was asked about him and was extremely honest with his answer. I loved his answer. I think he kind of gave us a glimpse behind um, what you know what's going on, um, even though the answer is super short. So here's Seth Williams asked about Marco Domio. Uh, I messed up with him a few times. I feel like he's a good off corner. He um, still got a little learning to do, but I feel like he's going to be a good corner in the league. So mentioned that he's a good off corner. So uh, 
to me, that says, hey, uh, he's more athletic. When you when you hear off corner, you think, okay, kind of the opposite of bump and run. So the opposite of what I think Noah Benogany was. I don't think Noah Benogany was a great off corner, but I think he was really good at bump and run on the line. So I think that's interesting. I think that's interesting because to me, I think that's harder. I think that is a, a more difficult thing to do. I think when you start on the start on the line, you're able to kind of use your athleticism and rely on that. So that stood out to me. Um, and then also him saying, you know, he's going to be a good corner in the league, even though he's got some work to do. I thought that was pretty honest, but I think that was, um, I thought that was kind of revealing. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that this didn't seem to be uh, a super rousing endorsement. Yeah. I mean, this was kind of like, Oh yeah, he's fine. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't come in and say, Hey, you know, he's only been here for five minutes and then he's been, uh, you know, he's, he's killing it. Uh, I thought that was just extremely honest. I thought that was the most revealing answer that he gave all day. And the fact, I don't know, just looking at uh, Domeo's size and his ability and, you know, I talked about it before. I'm a sucker for Instagram workouts and he's posted a lot of really good ones. Looking at his skill set, looking at his, you know, what he's able to do physically, I would assume he'd be a bump and run guy, but no, he, Seth gave him the the credit as an off corner, so we'll see what that looks like when they um, when they take to the field against Kentucky in a few weeks. Seth talked about um, he's working on going up and getting the ball, especially while he's in the middle of his route. I thought that was interesting. Jaws, you talked about that uh, before, kind of wanting Seth to be able to go up and get passes on a more consistent basis. Yeah, there there were so many instances last year where. After the Oregon game, when he went up and made that catch, um, everybody kind of there. There was a lot of hype around him, but there were so many times where there would be a ball thrown his way that he could have gone and gotten, or at least gotten a hand on, and and had had a, a chance to catch, but he just didn't show enough effort. I don't think. Uh, go back to that pick against LSU, that jump ball. He could have. He could have at least. Um, prevented an interception there. But every now and then he'd do something great. And you're like, right. there it is. Right. There, there it is. There it is. If we could yeah. see that every single play, he would be the best wide receiver in the SEC. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I think he'd be there. Michael, do you have anything to add to that? I do not. Okay. Seth was asked about his physical shape. This was one of the longer answers that he gave. And I thought that was interesting. Um, all right, here's that. Um, I wouldn't say I feel like I'm the best in shape, but I just learned during the corona, during the little pandemic we had, we still in it. But during the off time we had, I learned how to like treat my body, do recovery, just to make sure my body is okay and that uh, uh, percent to go at maximum capacity every time. I just don't want to just do something, then just go around and sit around. I want to like be productive, proactive. I love that he said that little pandemic we had. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's no big deal. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. You know, you know that little pandemic we had. Like, yeah, Seth, we know what we're talking. We know we know what you're talking about. Um, Michael, is anything about this stand out to you as far as him kind of focusing, taking care of his body? No, it's interesting to me that he's like just now learning this. Right, this is his third year in college, and you know, I feel like he should have learned this as a freshman. Well, how to eat, how to take care of your body. I mean, this is stuff that seems like it should kind of be maybe not day one, but like pretty close to it. I think you see this with other guys, though. You know, they have another solid year and they kind of take that step. And then you start thinking like, oh, I'm not that far away from, you know, being a first round draft pick. If I take this serious now, you know, if I take that another step, 
you know, I, I don't, I, I'll be able to provide for my family for, you know, the rest of everybody's life. You know, I, I think something kind of changes mentally when you get that close. We've seen that with other guys throughout the SEC before, where it's like, okay, you know, they've had a really good sophomore year. Can they do it one more time? Then it's like, oh, they transformed their body again. Like, holy cow. And so I think that may have something to do with it. I agree with you. You know, you, you definitely want to see guys come in and take things seriously day one. Like, I mean, that that's that's kind of the biggest thing about Tank Bigsby, right? And, and I, I don't think we're saying anything negative here about Seth. I, I just want to make sure that, you know, people aren't listening to this and be like, oh my gosh, he's going to be hard on Seth Williams. But you look at Tank Bigsby and all the reports that you hear about this guy are like, he takes everything super serious. He, you know, every meeting, he gets it between the ears as far as his diet and all of that, like he is all in on improving his body so he can play running back for the Auburn Tigers. And I'm not saying that Seth isn't doing that, but based on that answer, it's like, okay, I, I think he's taking it even more serious than he was before, and that is nothing but good news for Auburn fans. Yeah, I'm, I am going to be a little hard on Seth Williams here. Okay, all I right. Mean, I, I feel like learning how to take care of his body should be – you know that I mean that's something that most people learn as a as a freshman, and like you said, a lot of people learn it as a high school student. And I think that he, he he's a little behind here. And what you know what you were just saying, like people realize, oh, I could be a first round draft pick. Like that's the goal when you get to college. Yeah, that's not the goal going into your third season. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna be a little. A little hard on him here. I, I feel like it shouldn't have taken a global pandemic for him to learn to eat, you know, grilled chicken breasts. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Do push-ups. Push-ups for days. There you go. Hey, we want to give some love to our friends at Homefield Apparel. They are uh, they are setting Auburn Twitter on fire right now. Of course, Homefield makes premium vintage licensed college apparel, and it is clean. It is sweet. And they're dropping an Auburn line this Saturday. So be sure to check out their website at homefieldapparel.com. If you're on Twitter and you follow any kind of Auburn fan, you're probably seeing them tweet about this. They like posted a picture of like the top half of a vintage Obby shirt that's going to be part of their line on Saturday. Uh, I believe they posted it yesterday, so on Wednesday. And it's, um, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> It looks so good, and so uh, I, I'm excited about this. So they've got the you know, unique historical design from school to school, and so it, it looks like we got some historical obby gear that's going to drop on Saturday, and also the shirts uh, are incredibly comfortable. So check this out, homefieldapparel.com, and you can get 20% off your first purchase of Auburn swag by using promo code Auburn, A-U-B-U-R-N, at homefieldapparel.com. That's 20% off your first Auburn gear with promo code Auburn at homefieldapparel.com. Also want to give some love to our other show sponsor today, rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is uh, now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer when you can just order it from your own computer or your phone that's in your pocket. I was talking with um, some of the guys throughout the Locked On Podcast Network. Andrew Wade, he hosts Locked On Hawkeyes, the Iowa podcast. 
And he's like, yeah, you know, we've been doing this read. He's like, I, I logged on. He ended up saving like 70 bucks on, um, on, on a part for his truck. So I think that's awesome. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. And write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That's at rockauto.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. A guy that has kind of been the flavor of the week over the last um, few days, Kaylin Newton. Seth was asked about him and his transition to wide receiver. Sounds like it may be kind of a, a natural role. Uh, I feel Kaylin brings us a, he's like, but physical. I wouldn't believe he played like, believe he played quarterback. And on Howard, I wouldn't like expect that because he's so physical. And like, he changed his game to receiver. Like, it's smooth. He did a smooth transition. I feel like he's going to be a good contributor for us. And he got hands. He got good hands, for sure hands. Pappas, intern Jaws, does it sound like he could be describing a natural wide receiver there? I'm not sure. I still don't really know what that means. Um, I wouldn't have guessed physical. I would have guessed, like, great route runner or something. But, hey, that's uh, that's all right. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, whenever I see uh, Kalen, he reminds me of Cody Burns for some reason. Just the way that he looks and the way as far that he, as stature goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think he may be used kind of like that. Interesting. All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, I think the wildcat built-in wildcat option is kind of a no-brainer. I think we're going to see that. But I really think Kalen Newton's going to be relevant this year. When he was first, when the announcement came out that he was transferring to Auburn, I was a little skeptical. I thought it was just going to kind of be a, yeah, it's Cam Newton's little brother, so we can just kind of be excited about that. But Based on all the things that we've heard, and it could just be because it's in, you know the new shiny thing in the room mixed with all these other really talented freshman receivers that are now part of Auburn's team, but I think they're really um, I think they're going to use Kalen this year, and I'm excited to see what that looks like. I really think he cracks the the rotation. The autocorrect on my computer every time I type in Kalen wants me to change his name to Calvin, and I'm not doing it. I'm not doing Is it. Is that why uh, in the first line here it says Callion? <laughs> no. <laughs> Dang it. Um, Seth talked about how the defense hasn't missed a beat with key guys leaving. He said there was no drop off on the defensive line. Uh, I think that that would be incredible. He also talked about his positive mindset going into the season, how important that was. And then Williams was uh, going back to kind of taking care of his body. He was asked about weighing 13 pounds less on the roster. And then the reporter that asked the follow up question in the middle of the soundbite is a uh, uh, Brian Matthews with Auburn Rivals. Yeah, I went off season thinking I was going to um, lose a little weight. Didn't expect to lose that much, but I gained it back with muscle, so it wasn't too much of a big deal. Uh, but yeah, I kept that. I tried to get it lighter and get faster. Do you feel that way? How how, how have you felt so far this uh, preseason? I've been good. I've been good. I feel good. Lighter on my feet, and that's very good. Trying to get like Flash out there and run fast, but you know that can't happen. The boy, fast, fast man nation. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I like that answer. I thought that answer was kind of cool too. Um, he was kind of calculated with a lot of his stuff. He seemed to re- relax a little bit with that answer, and and I liked it. 
I liked it. I think a big part of his game, though, as we talked about earlier, as far as you know, going through defenders and catching passes, although it wasn't as consistent as we'd like, but we're kind of expecting it to become more consistent in 2020. But him losing some of that weight and you know, kind of relying more on his footwork, like you said, getting lighter on his feet, I am curious to see how that impacts his game. Yeah, how much weight did he lose to where he was able to be like, oh, yeah, I lost weight and put it back on in muscle, and he still lost 13 pounds? That's a good question. That's a good question, man. I'm not I'm not sure. And how much non-muscle was his weight before? Yeah, he was pretty lean. Yeah. I mean, he was big, but he was pretty lean. He wasn't Calvin hmm. Benjamin out there. Yep. No. Suspect. This is suspect. <laughs> I like this it. This is... I like him too, but this screams to be a situation where he's like, I do. Like, they listed me at how much? Yeah. All right. Um, he was asked about Malcolm Johnson Jr. He talked about how fast he was and said he got a chance. He, uh, he has a chance to play this year as well as the whole freshman class has a chance to play. Then at the end of the presser, he was asked about the most improved player in the wide receiver group. His answer is not who I would have guessed. Uh, one guy I feel that's most proof, I say Shed Jackson. Uh, just his, uh, his overall, his route running. He's Chris route runner. He um, learned how to catch the ball now, so I feel like he's going to be a good contributor this year for us. I feel like he's improved a lot from last year. Intern Jaws, you have an opinion on Shedrick Jackson being the Seth's opinion of the most improved guy in the wide receiver room? Yeah, y'all were talking last week about big slot, and I don't remember which one of you mentioned it, but you were one of you were asking, how do you know which of these receivers can't really catch and can block better and therefore is going to be that big slot? And I think the answer was Shedrick Jackson last year. And it's really, really good to hear from, from Williams that he's improved on that. This year, so I think I think his impact's going to be a lot bigger this year. Yeah, yeah. All right, Michael, that's all I got on Seth. You want to add anything to that? Not really. I do think it's kind of funny that he called Shedrick Jackson the most improved player in the wide receiver group when he's like the only non-starter that's still there mm-hmm. from last year, right? Uh, like he could have said Eli, I guess, or Javarius Johnson. Okay, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, if you look at guys from last year to this year, like, there's not a whole lot of options. I guess that's true. Um, all right, when we come back, we'll talk about um, we got some contract info for Al Pogue right here on Locked On Auburn. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, so Auburn has been putting out a lot of videos featuring their assistant coaches. I think they've done a really good job with this. Al Pogue was the most recent one. He coaches outside linebackers. An assistant coach we don't talk about a whole lot, but... We learned his contract details. This is from AL.com. Auburn's newest defensive assistant will earn $375,000 annually over the course of a two-year contract, according to a copy of the contract obtained by AL.com. Al Pogue was hired in February to replace former defensive backs coach Marcus Woodson, who left for a similar role at Florida State. Pogue is coaching Auburn's outside linebackers and Bucks will earn $250K in salary, as well as $62,500 each in endorsement rights. 
and personal appearance payments, bringing his annual compensation to 375k. It's a good gig if you can get it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I just got really confused because I thought you said 250 and 62.5, and I was like, that's not 375. But then I did the math in my head because you said each. Because you said each. I'm excited to see his impact. You know, I'm excited to see if the Bucks are better. I'm excited to see, you know, if he also works with uh, with the defensive end on things like pass rushing. Yeah, that's kind of my thing. Is the Buck has fallen under Rodney Garner, and I kind of want Rodney Garner to be. I want him to be involved with as many things as possible. So, I'm curious to see what that looks like and how that role works. And obviously, T. Will coaching linebackers. Like, I want both of those coaches to kind of have as much of an impact as possible. So. Pogue's situation there was interesting to me. Um, he's apparently really well liked. Uh, the, the little bit I've seen about him, as far as you know, what Auburn's put out, he seems like a really cool guy. So we'll see what that looks like um, as far as impacting on the defense. I think the defense is going to be fine. You know, I don't think it really, really matters. But I thought that was interesting that we got some numbers there. And then Auburn, um, we lost a punter, reserve punter. Cremens Hankinson has entered the NCAA transfer portal. That happened Tuesday morning. Hankinson transferred to Auburn from Garner-Webb, where he served as the team's starting punter in 18. However, Hankinson was behind Oscar Chapman and Aiden Marshall on the Tigers' punter depth chart. I hate that we did not use the name Cremens Hankinson as much as we probably should have. Hard to talk about reserve punters. We find a way to talk about Sawyer Pate all the time, and he's like the fifth-string quarterback. That is true. Yeah, but he's the fifth-string what? Quarterback. Yeah, not punter. Punters are people too, man. But his name is Crimmins. We have to talk about a guy named Crimmins. Jaws and I were talking about how like a Crimmins sounds like something you'd order from a bakery. Like a pastry. Yeah. I'd like a Crimmins, please. Crimmins and coffee. Like, like crumpet? <laughs> a Crimmins and <Yeah>. coffee. <laughs> uh-huh. Michael, where can people find you and hear you? Follow me on Twitter, at CouchPapTato. Jaws? Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Dalltober. I am on Twitter at Z Blackberry. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We're also on TikTok. Be sure to check out Locked On College Football, especially that Tuesday episode. Isaiah Hole of Locked On Wolverine and I bring you the latest of national college football news every single Tuesday right there. We'll be back to wrap up the week. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joins us tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. <laughs> It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.